0: Hi, welcome to The Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at The Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. I have a a message this morning, um, and the message is called Jesus is a better hope. Jesus is a Better Hope is the name, is the title of the message. You know, um, if it wasn't for hope, I think we would just be, we would, we would be perishers. The, oh, just hope, hope is my, <laughs> we were having a laugh, Linda's not in here this morning, so I can say, it says, honey, what's your message tomorrow? Uh, Jesus is a Better Hope. Oh, soap on a string. No, honey, hope, yeah, soap on a rope. Hope. What? No. And so I'm like, this is, this is about, about hope. And uh, yeah, when you get to the end of your rope, hold on. Um, get, when you get to the end of your rope, hold on. Sometimes we get beyond the last knot on the rope and hope. We cling to hope. And I want to speak this morning about a few things and remind us that sometimes hope is not all we think it is. Because in our kind of very limited English vocabulary, sometimes we think, Hope has a slightly it might or it might not happen kind of thing, but if you study god 's word and you look at what it says in the Greek, it is so sure and it is so certain that what we place our hope in is going to happen that you can confidently walk ahead because hope is that is so real and so alive and the word says tells us that Jesus is our living hope, and we have a living hope and you know, when you have hope, you don't need to live in dread and fear of what is coming. You don't need to live in dread and fear of, of the, the next um, report from the doctor or the next paycheck or the next time you get together with people in the playground and they're not nice to you. Hope carries us beyond all of these things. Hope carries us above and beyond all of these things that would try and attract us. And that hope is precious. And we have, that's why we came here in 1987 to bring a message of faith, hope, and love because the people of Scotland need hope and the people of the world need hope and um, we all needed hope and we've all been hopeless at one point or another and even, even as Christians sometimes we get hopeless and, and then we go back to God's Word and we read His Word and we find out that truly we have no need to be hopeless. We have no need to be hopeless. And so I want to start off with reading a scripture this morning in Ephesians chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, that's that that paper thing that's bound in leather. (laughs) I'm only kidding. Or if it it comes in the form of a tablet or a phone, whatever the case may be, go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And it says there, In him you also trusted... After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, sealed like a down payment, a deposit, it's a done deal, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, you've been bought, purchased, paid for with a price that is priceless to the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do you know that you're saints? You're saints, okay? The people in the household of the Lord are his saints, okay? Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the Lord God... That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation Amen. in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope, so you have to know what is the hope of his calling. Knowing something, I know my wife, I know her. I don't believe she's my wife. I know she's my wife. Knowing something is powerful. It goes, it, 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 you know, we can, we can attempt to believe something. I'll try, I'll try and put my, I don't know, how can I put my faith in that? How can I believe in that? This tells us here that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. Light will come in that we will know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the, glory of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Do you know that, that you are God's inheritance? You are God's inheritance. The saints are coming home. They're going back to him. Heaven will one day be joined again with the earth. And it will be perfect. It will be made perfect. Amen. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. When we sang that song this morning, let the people cry, you know, above the name above all, whenever you have God's presence in your life. Whatever idols that you also have in your life, they can't coexist together. When the ark went into that, where that statue of Dagon was, what happened to the statue? It fell. no, no, No other name, no idol can share the same space as the name of Jesus. You've got to believe on that, that when we start to remember that, when the presence of God is in, and he lives in you, and why is it we try and keep, keep a grip on the things of the, of the earth? He said, I'm gonna, I've got everything for you. Just trust in me. Far above and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The aim of this message is essentially this. I want to communicate to you today that there's a link between our future and our present. All right, so if you've got your Bibles there, would you go to the book of Acts? Okay, there's a link between our future and our present. Now, this may seem like the most obvious thing in the world to say, of course there's a link, Pastor David, between my future and my present. But what if I put it this way to you? How we live in the present is determined by what we believe is in our future. How we live today is largely determined by what we believe we will experience in the future, where we're going to. And if you go to Acts chapter 2, go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 25. Acts 2 verse 25, David is speaking, or David is being quoted. For David says concerning him, King David I foresaw the Lord always before my face. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. The Lord's face, His presence, was always in my future. I see it. I bring it up. He, He brought it up before Him. For He is at my right hand. I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad And moreover, my flesh also will rest in in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption, because you have made known to me the ways of life, and you will make me full of joy in your presence. There's a link between our future and our present. And when we, like David did, I just, I bring up your name. I bring up your, I see your face before me, Lord. I see your face and that gives me fullness of joy. It, it, it does all of these wonderful things that I won't be shaken. Who's, who in here has been shaken this week by something? I, I, just about every hand went up there. Something that has shaken you and like, oh, that wasn't nice. That was unpleasant. And this is a shaking Therefore, my heart will rejoice. Uh, so, sorry, God is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. The Bible tells us clearly that the shaking will come. But God, because we can put our feet and keep our feet on the rock, we will not be shaken. Amen? So, can we consider that there's a way in which we can live in the knowledge that, yes, our actions today do determine our future? I've done a lot of stuff that. The consequences of it came further down the line, yes. amen. <laughs> I, I haven't ended up in prison, just to let you know that. Um, haven't been been in prison. Uh, although it doesn't matter if you were in prison. If you were, if you are, if if you were in prison, it's hope. Yes. It's hope that you will you will survive prison. It was hope that helped people survive concentration camps and death camps and and the people will tell you you can read the stories when the people inside those wretched places horrifying places when they lost hope they slipped away and it was those that could hold on to hope that made it they made they made it they made it so if we would rather look to the future when the bible says that one day there's going to be a glorious day okay Heaven and earth meet up, I'm going to use a word now, cognitive. The cognitive impact of that future event in our life will transform your words, your deeds, your actions, and everything today. Today. And every day from now on. And cognition is simply the ability to have knowledge of something or to perceive something and to process that. And when we begin to process that one day, the hope of glory, the living hope, we will be joined in perfectly with that hope. Hope will give way to sight. And we uh, isn't that amazing? Yeah. That one day, one day your faith will no longer be required. Yes. All that believing, all that hoping will one day just be turned into a it's right there. Where it's real and here it is. Amen. And and so it's it's um it's important that we know that hope is something that is more assured than just do you know what? I hope you know, I I, I hope Lewis gives me that tenor he owes me. <laughs> it, it, might, it, <laughs> it might happen, it might no. I don't know but you know I hope I hope I get it no in actual fact I, I, when I say I'm hoping I'm hoping on God's intervention in this it's an, it's a certainty it's an assurance amen and so it's not a weak expectation of something coming to pass and sometimes when we say and you know usually when I say something Linda's looking at my body language more than what's coming out of my mouth and she you like you're saying one thing, but your body language is saying a completely different thing. You're communicating a completely different thing to me. Because sometimes we can say things, but there's a doubtfulness, even about of our whole being. And, um, and, and, and I know that that's natural and that can happen. But hope is coming. And, you know, it's like there's reinforcements when you feel hopeless When you feel down, when you feel distressed and you feel under threat, hope is coming to you. If you've lost hope, the sound of hope is coming marching over the hill. You know, and that's it. There's the sound of hope. And what happens when the sound of hope begins to come? Your heart becomes brave. You get that courage back. You're like, ah, oh, I was sinking, but now you begin to rise up again. And the sound of hope, and that is, that is what I want to say if you're in this place today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, you don't know him. He is hope for the hopeless. His name is the sound of hope. And we've got to pray that when we are out and we're witnessing that name, the name of Jesus, that it falls onto ears that have been deaf to the gospel, and it plants a seed of hope. There's a better day. A better day is coming. Amen? So hope was, in in this, in the context of the time of the writers, in Greek, hope was the expectation that something was certainly going to happen. And hope is a life-shaping thing. Hope shapes your life. Amen? Hope is a life-shaping certainty of something that hasn't happened yet, but you know it's going to happen. Amen? So what I'm saying is if we would only pay attention to the future, if we would only cognitively begin to process it, imagine it. God has given you an amazing, an amazing imagination. Amen? I, I'm, I'm astonished at some of our, our kids like Gabriel, it's like, wow. And, and, and just, you see these, this creativity in our young people and imagination, and it's amazing. And this begins to shape who we are. Amen? And we have to understand that the future has something to speak back to us. Hope is the language of the future, it has something to say. Go to, if you, I'm not going to do, uh, can I give you homework today? When you go to bed tonight, maybe you can't even wait to get to bed, you're going to open Revelations chapter 21 and 22 and read them when you get home. Revelations chapter 21 and 22, if that doesn't just blow your mind about what God has in store for you, what heaven, what's heaven really like? Pastor David, what's heaven really like? The Bible tells us what heaven is like to a degree. I believe it's going to be so much more than that. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, we will be there. By His grace. Amen? Amen? And so pay attention to the future. Read those chapters um, this evening. Amen? Hopelessness is 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 something, it's like a language. Have you ever been around someone who's hopeless? What is their language like? hopefulness is a language it has its own grammar it's so powerful you can imagine the rich young ruler he goes to ask Jesus master what must I do to enter into eternal life what must I do to have life we all know the story Jesus says you have to give away everything that you have to the poor and to the needy and then you will have eternal life and i can just imagine that man's internal dialogue because the bible says he went away immediately scratching his head like this and he's probably saying his internal dialogue is probably saying his language is i am too attached i'm just too attached i'm too attached to all this stuff that i have it's going to be too hard to give all this away can you imagine that do you think that's what he was thinking and so that's when uh, Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven than a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And actually, Francis is a great scholar of the word, and she's got a great little um, uh, way of putting that, this, the whole concept of a camel going through the eye of the needle. And anyone who, who was on our Israel trip, I believe there is in the, the walls of Jerusalem, there's the place where it's like the eye of a needle that camels would have to pass through and so, amen, hopelessness is a language. And so another, another thing, if you're too attached to things, you know, it's like God's people in Babylon. You all remember Babylon. They all were exiled there. Everything about Babylon was so, so wow, enticing. This place is amazing that even God's people began to think, do you know what, I could just die here and my bones can rest here. This place is so good, Babylon. They didn't want to go back to where God wanted them to be. They didn't want to go back to godliness. They wanted to stay where they were in Babylon. Attachments, things that get us, in ta- and soul ties, and attachments that keep us back from walking into the perfect place that God has for us. You have a destiny. No matter what you've been through, you have a great destiny. There are sweeter days ahead for the church. (laughs) There are sweeter days ahead. And and living, living life in Christ is sweet. Do you know when Samson, there's the story of Samson, the lion killed the lion and then they ate the honey out of the carcass of the lion. And his parents were there. They also ate the honey. But Samson had a greater appreciation for what he was, because not only was he getting to the sweetness and eating the honey from the carcass of the lion, but God had delivered the lion into his hands first. God is a God. He's a deliverer. He's a delivering God. And, 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 and he says in his word, I will, f- I will furnish a table for you in the presence of your enemies. I will furnish a table for you. Uh, Your enemies will be delivered into your hands. And and you know what? When things come against you in this life, I said this to Linda yesterday. We were talking about something. I said, listen, sweetheart, remember, Job's friends. Remember, you pray for those. Bless those who persecute you and despitefully use you. Bless them. Bless them. That's the key. The key is in the blessing going to sing that thing. The key's in the blessing. Yes. Amen? There are sweeter. So there are times that we have to consider denying ourselves. Deny the pleasures of the world. Honor God. Honor God. When you honor God, it leads to sweeter fellowship with Him. And He is well able to satisfy us. I've tried the Rolling Stones way, and I didn't get any satisfaction. I, there is there, only one that can, <laughs> there really is only, it's only God that can truly satisfy. We were at a wedding on the weekend, and we, some of you might remember Tracy Stevens. Tracy, she's so, so beautiful. And we're talking there, and Tracy came out of addiction, the terrible addiction. Dion, you know this. And we were chatting, and, and she's still going and being around the addiction community. And she says, in her lovely Irish accent, David. They just can't fill, fill that void. They just can't fill that. There's always an emptiness there. There's always, but God can satisfy. He can satisfy. He is, he, is, he is better. He is better. Sweeter than the sweetest honey. Amen. And so he's able to satisfy. We got to let our grip go on the attachments that we have and look to him. Amen. You know, we have to understand that when we're invited into the presence of a king, all right, we don't, if the king says, I'm inviting you to my place, we're going to have a feast. And we go there with our chips and curry sauce. Not only are we cheating ourselves of an amazing feast with the king, but we're dishonoring him. And it's an embarrassment. We have to know when God calls us into his kingdom, he has all of these things prepared for us. We don't need to take these things with us. I'm sorry for all those people who love chips and curry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So we can elevate our hope beyond the things of this life. We can elevate our hope you know, a lot of people put, put their trust and their faith, and the word, the word says, in chariots and horses. But we put our faith and our trust and our hope in Jesus, the King of kings. That's who we put our faith and our trust in, amen? And so it's easy to, to put things of this world ahead of that, amen? But the f- belief of what's coming in our future affects us in the here and now. Our demeanor, our zeal, our words. It's like, oh man, I know what's coming down the line I'm dreading it. And it has an immediate impact on you as a person. Amen. But if our hope is rooted in our present, then, and not in our future, and our hope is rooted in what we can provide for ourselves in this earth, some sort of a comfort, then we are going to be the product of that hope. And it's going to be a short lived hope. Our lives are shaped. By the expectations of what's coming down the line. Does anyone here have a great expectation today? Amen. You have to have great expectations. Have an expectation. Have an expectation of what, look what the, not only look what the Lord has done, but look what God is going to do in the future. Amen. So that we can hope beyond the next doctor's diagnosis or appointment, beyond the next exam result, beyond the next setback beyond the next paycheck. We have a hope. All of these things don't stimulate much hope in our lives, the things of the present time. And sometimes it requires so much emotional energy to believe in these things and hope in these things, and they're passing. And we put so much effort into believing. Amen? People say there's nothing surer sure in life than death and taxes. That's the only thing that you can, that's the only thing they said that you can be sure of. But we can be sure of life everlasting. We can be sure of, of, a, of the born again experience that leads you into everlasting life. And people will tell you, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Church, get your hopes up. Get, raise, raise your hopes, raise your expectations. Do you know what? I, it really blesses my heart. I don't know if for all the parents who are here when your children come to you and they're looking to you and they need you and their expectation is on you, Dad, will you come and bleed my radiators? <laughs> 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 Dad, will you come and fix this? Or It's like, imagine God's heart when he knows we're expecting good things from him. Will he withhold? He will not withhold he will not withhold. But do we have to draw closer to him. Be in fellowship with him so that he can, so that he will not stay his hand, but release it. And let, let that, let, let blessing flow in your life. And, and I'm to say this, this is not a church that is a bless me church. Blessings here, blessings, blessings everywhere. But God is a good God and he blesses those who are faithful because he is faithful. Amen. Amen. So I'm nearly finished. You'll be glad to know. How we approach what is coming in our lives determines how we will conduct ourselves today and how we will finish this earthly life. The Bible reminds us, Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Hope is vital. He had seen what was beyond. He's seen what was further than the cross. He's seen the grave. He, seen the, he knew the victory was coming. He knew that one day Barbara would be saved and Alex would be saved and Eleanor would be saved. He knew that. He knew that. And he died. He died so that we would be free, set free. Amen? So hope propels our lives forward. And it's one of the big three. In Africa, you have the big five lions, hippos, elephants, but faith, hope, and love. And the Bible says that the greatest of these is love, but the others, everything worketh by love. But without hope in our future, we perish. We, we begin to perish. Amen. And uh, just, uh, just um, yes, I should mention this right now. We had an amazing seminar, Zoom seminar on Tuesday morning with Pastor Tom from Sydney, Australia. I have his notes, and I would like all of you to have these. If you want his notes, and if you're really keen, and you want to see the Zoom recording, which is one hour long, let me know and I will share that link with you. We were all sitting there completely blessed. His long life and health seminar, and he talked about rottenness to the bones, and all sorts of things. And I'm telling you, this is amazing. Why do people get sick? Rhetorical question. Promise of long life. Healing responds to a revelation of long life. Keys to a long life. Renewing the mind, the power of the heart. Healing at a cellular level was very interesting. So, church, I have, I have notes that I want to share. And then you can share them with people in your family. just a couple more scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews, you uncircumcised heathen, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies, okay, not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, no hope, cut off, separated, that's it. But now, hallelujah, but now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. No, no, and and he, we sit here now, and God said, I opened up my kingdom to you. And the only circumcision I ask of you is to circumcise your heart. It's your heart. He wants your heart. All of the outward show, all of the, this is what I do, and this, this is you know um, symbolic of my, of my faith and everything else. No, it's this, the only thing that matters is your heart, and no one sees your heart. Yeah, plenty of people can, you, you know, I, I can walk around in here um, with uh, the biggest Bible ever, like they used to, and, and uh, you, know, you had the biggest Bible ever, or you have a, and I'm not criticizing anyone who, who wears anything on their body or adorns their body with anything, but the crucial thing is, has your heart been circumcised? Everything else, well, this is what a sign of what I profess to believe, but without the heart. That's because God looks only on our hearts, not on the outward appearance. He looks on our hearts. And so, our hearts are the most important thing. And it doesn't matter because we're going to meet people that might look like whatever on the outside, but our mission is to turn their heart towards God, to turn their hearts toward Jesus. Then we let the Holy Spirit do His work, transformative work in their life. A soul is a soul, and a soul is precious to God. A soul is a soul, and a soul is precious to God. Amen. So Christianity, our experience right now and today, the presence of the future, a glimpse of glory, heaven touching earth, your spirit so alive within you that the external pressures of life can no longer dominate your spirit. I felt dominated by a spirit of anxiety for about four or five years. Terrible anxiety. Um, And I couldn't even go to Tesco without sweating and um, having to run out of the aisle. I had terrible, terrible anxiety through guilt and through shame of my past and, and not knowing, God, have you truly forgiven me? I just struggled so much with that area of my life that it produced so much fear and foreboding about the future in my life. And then I, I, I began to, to, to learn that these things no longer dominate my life because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We're free. We have to recognize. We have to recognize that. 1 Peter, chapter, 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and into an inheritance that is never going to spoil or fade away. It's there waiting. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice. Though now this is going to be a, a for, this is for a lot of us here today. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Anyone relate to that? These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. We are shielded by his power and our hope is revived during the trials we go through. And it's because we hear the sound of hope and it's there. And I hope that this message this morning has given you hope. Amen? Amen. It's at our aid. It's there for us. There's a connection with the future that will give you life today. That connection is through the cross. That connection is Jesus Christ. And he wants to, he wants to get you through this life. I heard a sermon this week and this stood out to me. There were two men. And they had the same job, were given the same job, in the same circumstances, in the same environment. But one man agreed to receive £15,000 a year for his salary. and The other man agreed to receive £150,000 a year for his salary, but they'd done the same thing. The man whose expectation and future hope was £15,000 worked begrudgingly every day, heavy-hearted, unhappy. But the man who knew that his expectation could be fixed on 150,000 pounds, worked every day whistling a tune, happy in his heart, and it made all of the difference. Because when we understand that we have a reward in our future, it's not paltry, it is, it is heaven that, how does that, how do we then feel as workers of the gospel? This is hard. This is so hard. So hard to get up. So hard to go and do this. So hard to do that. There's a greater thing. There's a great thing waiting. There's a great inheritance waiting. Amen. So how we live now is determined by what we believe we will receive in the future. It's not determined by our circumstances. It's determined by what is in our future. Amen. I'm not an expert on world religions or faiths, but I know enough about the mainstream ones to know what makes them tick. And I can tell you this morning that there is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com, and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.